into the show into the domain of the raven's nest we go thanks again for tuning in we're here to do another episode to finish up one of our series that (laughs) one of the many series we've started and that's the about us because we are real people with real experiences and doing the whole real life thing and trying to do the whole podcast thing Right. And trying to learn about Vedic astrology. And sharing it with you guys, right? Yeah. So, uh, part one, you know, we're, we're making it quite simple. Uh, I'm the host going as solar mysticism, and you are lunar mysticism. Uh, so, I kind of gave a... Uh, I, like, I like to think of it like if someone was interested in astrology reading... That about us is not to sit here and talk about myself and how I've come to a conclusion about my life. It's more so to connect to whoever's considering a reading, right? Um, And to maybe give perspective as far as where I come and what my whole world of astrology means to me. Um, Yeah, we're uh, definitely not your influencer type that word did not exist um in our domain as anything uh like a real job you know this is not what we're trying to do what we're trying to do is share our journey with uh something we love which is vedic astrology and talk about it in a way that everyone can relate to because what people don't understand in the united states which i think was really my motivation to want to start a podcast uh there was two motivations one was to bring a podcast out and share it with two people male and female because then we get both perspectives right and also from the point of view that we're not trying to influence anybody we're just trying to kind of share the information that we're learning about and then in a way show people how you can apply it but in india everybody knows what vedic astrology is you don't even need to call it vedic astrology it's just jyotish right everybody it's there it's in it's in the fabric of reality in what now people are calling bharat right so like the mahabharat bharat 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 whatever either way that people have this as part of one of the limbs of their life it's just something you do like you're gonna buy a car you're definitely gonna look at Drick Pachong and see if it's a favorable time to buy a car well yeah that was for me like everybody in India practices Jyotish and if they don't practice it, they know about it. They know that, hey, I'm actually going to call my pundit or my advisor and ask him if it's a favorable time for me to buy this brand new car or should I wait till next week? To me, that's not about being, you know, like superstitious. To me, that's like, no, I know that the universe has a grander scale and I'm just like this gross physical body. And the Rishis used to do this along with looking at your birth chart for your health and looking at your birth chart for 
the time to plan your marriage. The, this is not like random. This is what I wanted to bring out through the podcast. In America, they act like all of this is random, but that's not what it is. Well, and it's like second nature in India right. to, uh, you know, cast prashna, right? So that That's not even in Western astrology is prashna a thing, you know. It's not uh, privileged may, information. Maybe a more advanced astrologer in the West that's, you know, sure. They do they, that, they but they do don't it. tell you that you're, they're doing but that. But it's actually, you know, in the moment, we're not even talking about personality. We're not even talking about... Uh, like it's finding out it's kind of how people like to pull tarot when they, they're in a funny situation and they like need a card to like well a prashna is that you know same energy call up your astrologer now and get a hotline answer <laughs> or <laughs> go to Drick Pachong for free yeah. or um, you know Astro Sage or any of these uh, sidereal let's say sidereal charts will be drawn up and if you see hey like there's a scorpio ascendant great time to do some astrology right that's what i think when i see scorpio ascendant i'm thinking it's time to do some astrology or like go to some kind of goth club that's what's going to be happening maybe <laughs> anyways well, maybe it's a scorpio right now that's why we're recording talking about astrology um just to add oh, in add in with what you said i just think too as far as where to me it was kind of like i'm already finding all these conversations through astrology that's what made me want to do it you it's know? actually a gemini ascendant right now oh that's great yeah well good enough even better <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so we need to get into what this was intended for and that's for people to learn a little bit more about us because why not you know we can be all mysterious and pretend like our names are solar and lunar mysticism and hide <laughs> we're also people and about one for me sure people can you can throw it in the trash can for all i care if that's what it means to you but it and is this is a chance to say if you haven't heard that episode about us part one you should definitely listen to about us part one and you know we see when people are listening so i love that and i would love to know who's listening um and, and thank you for listening because we try to make this something that you want to listen to yeah lots of gratitude also and seeing more subscribers join our telegram it's nice it adds more motivation to continuing to put out messages to can you continue to uh you know share our path as we explore the infinite depths of stars and their knowledge for us um so go ahead let's kind of get some ideas from your side lunar mysticism uh what can we find out about you besides that you run a podcast with me <laughs> yeah okay that, that means that's about oh, me okay uh what do you want to know so uh, many of your colleagues and friends probably know you as someone that has taken ayurveda 
right? And now you're playing more videos. Whoa, that okay. was weird. Jeez, come on. Now my phone did that. Sorry. <laughs> come back now to the Let's go. center. Uh, yeah, so what brought you into astrology? What brought you here into a place where you're you know, doing a podcast with a crazy guy? Uh, I'm going to say that it was all because my dad gave me this broom that he bought at a renaissance fair one time and he told me now I had a uh, a car to drive. <laughs> you never saw that broom, but yeah, my dad used to always call me a little witch growing up, which I thought was really funny. He's like, you and your mom are witches. I'm like, and I would just laugh and be like, okay. But I was always into reading and like, I loved uh, dressing up and I made a lot of my own clothes for my dolls and my pets. Um, my other dog, I made him a black and white striped sweater. So I've always been kind of handy and creative. So when somebody calls me a witch, I'm like, ooh, cool. Maybe I should learn what witches do, right? So that yeah. sent me on this whole journey because as a kid, I was already a vegetarian. At age seven, I chose to be vegetarian, which now that I think about it, it's kind of amazing. Like, how does a child come to that realization where they're like, no, I'm not going to ever eat meat ever again? That was what I told my parents. I'm not eating meat. I don't want to eat my friends. And I feel really sad. And... I stuck with that conviction and it went from there to being able to go long periods of time without eating because back then it wasn't like so available to be vegetarian right so I was doing all these weird things that later I find out are kind of connected to past life things not to sound cheesy but I've looked at my own chart and I'm like, oh, that's why I was able to go long periods of time, why I chose to be vegetarian, why, um, you know, I would sit in my room for long periods of time and just read really like advanced literature in different languages. And I just love to study different things and I loved science and I was always really good at um, geometry and writing. And I thought, well, my mom would ask me like what do you want to do with yourself when you grow up and I said I want to be a writer and she's like well you can't make any money doing that hmm. I thought oh, okay well um, I want to be a forensic pathologist and they're like no you don't want to really like be around dead bodies all the time and be doing autopsies do you thought um, no maybe not so I ended up going to fashion school which is kind of like the two put together you're sewing things and cutting things and drawing things right right and then you're also like using your imagination that's interesting i mean there's like 20 different things i but i was always really good saying. with like handy stuff <laughs> like because i was always making clothes for my dolls i thought well i already kind of know how to do this and then i played instruments growing up i played also at age seven I learned how to play the piano and sight read music and then I played piano guitar bass random percussion so I was always doing stuff I, with my hands I, I want to say a nakshatra but I don't want to like you know I, I like to keep things conservative. mysterious well I, I would like to ask the audience and maybe we'll do a question poll. yeah a quiz I what, say, nakshatra? what nakshatra is lunar mysticism 
prominently explain. Uh, what the fuck am I saying? Let's say demonstrating. <laughs> demonstrating yeah. just by your. Let's give the clues again. So I'm into sewing, writing. I play music. Um, I use my imagination. I'm very organized. I'm kind of shy, I would say. But I could also talk. So there's a very if, like airy so energy. Unless say. you're someone that we know personally that probably knows your chart. Mm -hmm. I'll do. I'll help do a, you know, a decent reading for someone if they can get it right. What nakshatra? Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, email so us if you know what it'll nakshatra. Be, it's in the, our uh, platform of Anchor. Uh, there's a way to post a question. Yeah. So uh, we'll do that. But uh, very interesting. So obviously, I mean. So I studied like, fashion. Um, I'm from Los Angeles. And that's like the hub for that. So I grew up around all these things like music and art and fashion. And that's a very Los Angeles thing to do, right, is to choose something where you could just be seen and you can be like known and you go out to parties and clubs and like meet celebrities and uh, get on guest lists and get a uh, bottle service and you know somebody might crash their car because they partied too hard but that was just last weekend whatever you know that's like the culture it's very uh, not my personality well, I've always thought it's amazing you sort of dodged all that while still being a very talented person. Because I think people's talent gets almost like eaten away by the craziness of, you know, the city life for all I care to say. But, you know, uh, the big thing is a lot of people don't have talent in fashion. They just pay to play just like any other industry. Shocking, right? like they pay their way in it's like a big pyramid scheme like that's what i kind of realized like i yeah i think i do actually have talent i can draw i can do all these things it never really took me a lot of effort you know so i feel very lucky in that sense that this artistic nature was organic it what i didn't have to try a lot of people struggle because they want to do this and they never make it and i rejected that yeah and you know, that comes with starting to understand why the things in your life happen once you learn astrology. This is why it's useful. It's I heard someone describe it as um, ma using magic and astrology together. And by magic, I mean like spiritual practices, right? Like in the West, they call it more magical practice because you're doing different rituals. But in the East, it's spiritual practice. So doing these things and learning astrology is your own form of therapy. Right. And I was always interested in how can I make myself better? You know, at first when you're young, you're like, I want to be able to see if this thing actually works, this magic or spiritual practice. I was very interested in cities. Yeah. Because I learned about Buddhism when I was like 13 years old, which, you know, this is a another reason why i feel comfortable with astrology and eighth house stuff because i've seen some weird stuff because i've put myself into meditations and that's how i discovered this whole path was you know i, I would get candles and burn them in my room and sit and then i sat cross-legged like i think i was like 13 or something in my room 
And I remember facing, I want to say it was southeast, southeast, something interesting to think about. I was facing southeast and I sat down and I closed my eyes and I woke up on my floor like hours later and I woke up because I had gone into like this trance state and fell back but the last thing I saw right before I woke up was this like really wrathful deity I thought I gotta figure out who that is because that was kind of (laughs) cool you know like but at the same time I'm like whoa what was that I want to know more about that I wasn't scared I felt like this is what I'm supposed to do that sent me on the path and I started to discover Buddhism and I found out later that that deity was Mahakala or what we would call Shiva Bhairavi yeah which when you start to learn about the east a lot of these deities are they appear in a similar pantheon the names are just different due to the region so did I answer the question (laughs) do you know what Dasha you might have been in yeah, I know my dashas. No, but when you discovered that when you were thirteen, yeah, I could look. I know what the Mahadasha was, yeah. the Antar Dasha. I bet it was a K two Antar Dasha. That would be really cool. Right now, um, but I'll just say this: uh, I was, I was always into those type things where I wanted to explore, and I was very curious. This is another clue to that nakshatra. I was very curious and I loved exploring and in a weird way I was very antisocial but social because I didn't really look for anything it was more like it came to me because I I would think something and then there it would be or I would get the invite or something I thought well I would love to go to that show but only on the guest list and then it would happen and that you know, I started to learn, I'm like, how did I get so lucky with all these things? How did I get to get so close to so many high-profile people? But now I know what it is. When I know astrology, I know what house would that be? What planet would that be? It could be a combination of one or either, right? It could be sun transiting or sun in the seventh house, or it could be very prominent planets in the eleventh house, Right. Yeah, um, well, I, I always say you sort of got, uh, I think, like, really, like, 50s and, like, the 60s probably were prime to be out in L.A., but, like, sh- yeah, I, I think you, you were still in a, a cool era, and anything post, like, 90s to me is just, like, kind of just gone, joke. gone into this really strange direction as far as like being able to even handle being in a a place like 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 that that. yeah Um, and I was working on Melrose at the craziest time which was mid 2000s that's when all the people that are like now kind of falling apart were like the thing peaking right yeah so I was in all this and I'm like yeah I mean in that same regard that we like to talk shit about uh technology and there's like this 
side of places like LA that like you know it's sort of a postmodern modern like mecca for all kinds of things. It is postmodern. But postmortem I was thinking too. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but it's like a zombie zone, man. People are constantly walking around like just mesmerized or like wanting to see I can tell you every place to go see a celebrity if you ever want to know. But you know, that's what the number one thing people want is they want to see celebrities and I was not I I, I don't know. I don't I, I mean don't, I don't I, think, I don't fall for it. I, I you hear me joke about this all the time. I say like they literally I think they only legalize weed in California is because of how shice the traffic is. Yeah, because people would lose their mind. I, I think <laughs> I truly believe that it has to do with why they legalized it. But um, <laughs> now, maybe we what we we're gonna do is make a part three and talk about how now the union of how me and you met. Oh, it's like um, I just got that Crowley Tarot card, um, the lovers card. That's the card about the union of opposites but anyways um yeah that would be cool to do a yeah i like things in threes well you should tell us actually about ayurveda and yeah how did i get to where i'm at so yeah i'm i'm like um so it all leads to something and why i told all that stuff not because i want to flex but just to give you a good idea of the type of person uh, I am and also the journey that a lot of people go on it's okay to reject certain things if you feel this strong conviction I guess that's how I always felt I, I always thought I should live my life the way I want to and I'm not going to compromise myself for anything ever and I'm very rigid like that and I've been called rigid but I, I'm proud of my rigidity in that sense for my values are never going to be compromised for how bad I feel and that's what started to happen with the fashion industry I think because I got to the place where I wanted to be I went from working on Melrose to um, landing a job and this was another one of those just because I said the right thing to the right person there I am assistant to the designer of this brand new avant-garde company run by the wife of some guy that created a successful denim brand pretty cool which is pretty huge it's like what but i'm like was that me like i I don't really know that person anymore it's why i have a yorkie now because that guy and his wife uh were friends with my coworker on melrose and she was really cool super tatted up lady like from huntington beach and she was super punk rock and we loved each other and I, I was like she is so cool like I love her she's my style but we worked on Melrose which is kind of cool because all the people that worked in this store it's a very famous store every celebrity goes there but I, I didn't even know that because I don't spend money like that I was just like you know making my own clothes you know shopping thrift doing what everybody does when they're in their 20s and I got this job and I'm like oh am I going to have to like dress a certain way? And then I realized they love that you just dress however you want, which was really cool. You know, for someone that like I cut my own hair, I made my own clothes. I wore crazy outfits sometimes. Sometimes I wore all black shirts with like holes in it. And this is like the 2000s when nobody was really dressing like that. They were dressing like 
think Britney Spears in like those <laughs> bandana tops with like the low slung jeans, and then here comes me with like Doc Martens and like a really baggy black shirt, you know, and a bunch of rings and like black nail polish, and that's probably what got me the job. Is they're like, oh, this person's authentic, like, and you then know. You, well, it's funny because that that wave of style kind of uh, is everywhere now too. Yeah. Yeah, I was always doing that. Like, that's why, you know, I'm telling about the fashion background because a lot of what happened was uh, when I was working on Melrose, I wasn't really using my degree yet. I was just kind of like, oh, this is cool because then all the people that would come in would be from all over the world, which I loved. And, like, the Japanese uh, tourists that didn't speak a lick of English were constantly taking photos of us for Japanese magazines because they're like, ooh, cool American style. And I love that because a lot of the stuff I drew in design school was all Japanese, multicultural, like, uh, you know, Arabian Nights theme, like 1920s. I was really into studying different cultures right. in different times. And when I got the design job, I thought this is cool. But then I saw the hierarchy and how a lot of it was just people like throwing each other under the bus to get to the top, like the climb, you know? Yeah. And I'm too sensitive for that. Cause I was just, every day I was going into work, I was feeling like shit and it was all, I felt all the energy on me because I was in a coveted position and I definitely had the talent, but a lot of that was very catty and I don't that's not why I got into design I got into design to like create and right. I, I wanted to be more put away but um, you know I was because I was friends with the the guy and his wife that started the label people thought it was a certain thing they thought it was like nepotism let's just say that because they thought I was in with them right but I wasn't. I just met them because they would come in and shop. And I would always see him. And he said, my wife likes your style. And you guys would like each other. I'm going to introduce you guys. She's starting an avant-garde label. I said, that sounds cool. And it turned out that she actually really was cool. And she liked my style. So that's why they hired me. And they would use my the way I styled myself to inspire the label. Which was kind of cool. Yeah, that's, that sounds like an awesome business relationship. It was really fun, and I was kind of sad that it was getting destroyed by all these people's energies. So I started to really like look into techniques for myself that would minimize my stress. And I went to... My mom was already doing yoga, funny enough. My mom and I are very close, and we have a very interesting relationship. And it's also reflected in the chart. Um, so those mm. of you that know Jotish, wonder what combinations that would be. But my mom had gone to this yoga class and I was telling her, she said, maybe you should come to yoga with me. And she was doing all these crazy things like flipping around and shoulder stands and stuff. I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if I can do that. So I started looking for yoga classes and I found a yoga class. And it happened to be a kundalini yoga class i'm like what is this kundalini and i remembered that i had started reading some books on eastern mysticism and they were talking these were like 18th to 19th century books about like early kundalini experiences so it was very victorian i thought okay i gotta check this out and see if this is what they're talking about 
and I went to that class and I remember it was in 2007 and it was in this part of town I really loved the energy of and it was in this little studio I'd be curious to see what the boss to of it was because the energy in there was so amazing it had the perfect setup and at the end of the class they played the gong it was this huge gong 28 inch gong I think and when I laid down I was like oh this is it but we did like breath work we did chanting it was really challenging physically and I thought this is great this is perfect I felt really cleansed because I got all of it in one now that I look at what yoga is it was not like that and that's why I thought this is this is it I got to learn how to do this so that set you down a path of studying more holistic methods right yeah I never was into taking drugs I never wanted to take any pharmaceuticals I had been you know being vegetarian you learn about herbalism I kind of knew about herbalism I used different herbs I used different color therapies I was already doing all that I knew about the planets all of it I kind of knew about but I started to realize I need to learn about all these things and in some way get out of fashion and get into this this new thing and through kundalini i met my teacher who he taught me how to do um what people kind of call reiki but he was also very he was a master for sure uh he was a master in many different methods but he told me he was the first person to tell me hey you know what what you do with the tarot cards, what you do with the music, what you do with your style, and what you do with your cooking and your herbs, you put it all together. He says, you have to do the occult. I thought, what? This is a person that's like an adult, like a spiritual master, and not in a cheesy way. He would never call himself that. He was very low-key. He just wanted to be like, very Jupiterian, you know, but also at the same time didn't really talk that much. And when he said that, I thought, wow, somebody telling me that I should be into the occult, that I should keep doing tarot cards. And they didn't think it was evil because in the West, a lot of people think those things are evil, which I thought this is even better because this man is from Mexico, right? Like my mom is from Mexico. And I thought, wow, he gets it. He thinks I need to be doing magic. And I have been kind of putting all the things together. And I decided, you know what? All the money that I made from fashion, I'm going to take it and I'm going to invest it in learning this alternative method and make this my life path. Wow. That's a lot, though. Well, like, I, I mean... I really feel you on that and I think it's really inspiring to hear, you know, someone that survived X industry and, you know, was like, F that there's a lot of terrible energy in any, any industry. Right. It was so um, much drinking, partying, like drugs. And you know, what's interesting is right when I graduated design school, the market crashed just like it just did. So 
I've seen this cycle before. Everybody out there, don't lose hope. You just got to be good with your money right now because the market will always bounce back. It always corrects itself. And that's what I think was the most important lesson there was because I saw how hard it was to find that job. But I got those jobs like that, you know, but I was always doing spiritual practices, even though it wasn't like I kind of see that was kind of like me too like when i look back it's like i was kind of always in a spiritual mode it just kept progressing and changing and seeing different angles and like at times more refined yeah but even now you know like damien eccles even you know I, i love hearing his stuff and he was talking about how like he doesn't even want to read books anymore and he's just his passion is going into uh what was it it was karate karate and i'm like that's it you know like that's it's like tai chi karate like yeah that's a spiritual practice i'm not and i'm not saying yeah exactly i'm not saying karate is it but i'm saying like for him it's physical body like martian energy right like i wonder is he going through a mars dasha there's something very profound about being able to in extreme cases sure maybe there's genius breaks for people but maybe too or to we need to be more realistic about where we're going with our uh you know from a a practical nature like are are you gonna be exactly what you said where are you going be realistic where you're going like and i think that's the lesson of of this of my story but I, I think also should be for everybody's story like if something's not working for you don't don't s- stay in it yeah like, don't don't try and make yourself suffer don't torture yourself yeah, this is the perfect thing it. to talk yeah. about during venus retrograde because this is all venusian things these are all venusian I, things yeah i, I you think need to realize like don't worry about what anybody thinks about you you just need to do what gives you power what makes you feel good what gives you life what makes you feel like you want to wake up in the morning and do it and like i always felt like i need to do something like that i can't be doing something that makes me feel like like dreaded like i don't want to wake up and go do that like i never wanted to feel that so that's where i always push myself and i think a lot of people have gotten to that place where they're like comfortable you know, like Pink Floyd, comfortably numb. That's what that's about. <laughs> you know, like, you don't want to be, like, numb. Because that's not the point of the life. The point of life is to, you know, experience all your senses. Have a, a sensory experience. And I think a lot of American culture has desensitized us from uh, that sensory experience. And has also... Uh, deprived people of their connection with their body and their spirit yeah for sure and that is really what brings us now here to help people connect to that spirit you know um so that that was a quick review but i i loved the stories and examples you used and how that sort of brought you back into uh you know you're like dude i this seems like the most timeless and the most real 
stuff derives from you know these spiritual centers whether it's you know being a physically fit person studying yoga uh feeling well which i think i associate with like eating right you know eating is such a spiritual thing yeah for sure i was just thinking about um, especially for like a taurus or something but (laughs) well that's the moon in the chart it's like the moon moon is people always forget the moon is related to food it's food it's also salt you know um i was thinking about um one of the you know things about los angeles is that i was so lucky because i was vegetarian and this kind of goes back to like what really connected it all together for me was i had all these weird friends and we always went out and like saw bands and dressed really crazy i felt like we were kind of in japan because we always loved japanese stuff like the you know j-pop culture and like harajuku and we would always kind of dress that way but we were in america you know but that was allowed because that's what there's so many people from all over they don't know where you're from you just can kind of dress how you want and that was like celebrated and I really enjoy that part of growing up is you know that I allowed myself that and I never felt pressured to like conform because I felt like conformity was for people that didn't really have a personality you know but I see why people conform now because they feel pressure but it's just yourself giving yourself pressure but um so because i knew all these different people we would try different places and the one place i always was able to go to and was one of the first places i went to by myself was a krishna temple in la because they had vegetarian food and everybody knew it (laughs) and this is well known in the music scene as well for a lot of people that grew up listening to punk or like in the 80s and 90s like 2000s if you go to a major city and you're vegetarian, you can always go to the Krishna temple. That's like something that people know. You know, we even did that out here in Alachua. I mean, in um, Gainesville, right? We went to the Krishna lunch. Yeah. Um, so we would go to the Krishna temple and eat vegetarian food and like buy tapestries and clothes and like jewelry and stuff. And that was one thing that I got really interested in pretty much as soon as I started going to that temple I would be like oh I wonder what this is all about there's all these cool deities and I would see Krishna and be like wow he looks familiar you know I just felt like I know that guy and when I started doing kundalini we had to do different meditations and they said imagine a deity inside your heart and the deity that appeared to me was Shiva I thought oh Shiva's not that blue guy it's that's a different blue guy you know I learned about Krishna and Shiva I'm like but Shiva is a devotee of Krishna so it kind of like started to get tied together with all these different deities like they they had always been showing themselves to me and like I I knew that there was some text that talked about all these things. I'm like, I got to figure out what the story is with these guys. And then, you know, we didn't really talk about this in your episode. So I'm going to ask you a question about this after I reveal it. Uh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I, uh, I'm turning it around on you. Yeah. Uh, 
I saw the Bhagavad Gita and I saw the Prabhupada version because I was at the, uh, you know, ISKCON temple. And I saw the cover and I was like, whoa, that looks epic. And when I started to read through that book, it's like, this is really practical. Hmm. This is real. And people think it's like some book where there's like all these unrelatable stories. No, these are people that lived at a time very similar to ours where they had to deal with a lot of struggles. And once I read that book, I just could not forget about it. And it's come full circle. You know, that's a book that I recommend to a lot of people, even if you're not, you know, if you don't practice Santan Dharma, if you didn't grow up in India, that book is for everybody. You know, Prabhupada said that that the Maha Mantra was going to be the mantra of the Kali Yuga. And I get it now. It makes sense. I see why. Because we're so dumb, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, and and you study this book and you read this book and you just chant this mantra your mind is bound to have some kind of positive experience by reading these books so that was something we had in common was you said that uh i want to hear your bhagavad gita story yeah i don't remember if i shared that in part one but um you did it. That's why I'm asking you about it. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good that's story. That's a great story. So let's hear it, Solar. Um, well, my ch and I, I touched on joining the military and uh, in a very interesting period where I be obviously became much more, I guess, militant, you could say, but also... Uh, was so intrigued to to a high degree about astrology and um, studying maybe like meditation books here and there and like mindfulness and you know maybe some like holistic uh, you know nutritional books I, so I was getting really into that area of like oh there's this like all this new new stuff going on or I thought it was new it turns out after you do this for years you find out no you're just one of those people that uh, feels like they're a genius now because they started to learn about spirituality um, anyways um, being stationed out in California where I was uh, I got to go, I would go to Monterey, Monterey, California, near Big Sur. By the Sur. way, you're not from California. No, I'm not. Um, and this wasn't when we met either. This, so that's a whole other story. But I walked into a pretty cool bookstore and immediately gravitated right to the, uh, one of the versions of the Bhagavad Gita. And I spent that day by myself on the beach in Monterey and just soaking in that book and uh, pretty interesting as far as being relatable to Arjuna in the story because I had got to a point where I did not give a single fuck about the military and um, 
it was legitimately a conflict of seeing, you know, my consciousness. Is it even what like what is my 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 life going towards? You know, that that sort of seems to be Gar- Arjuna in the story asking Krishna, like, is this all for nothing? Basically, you know, he's having the doubts of the war they're in and um yeah needless to say that was a big moment in my life where i was like i gotta get deeper into the whole culture of india study the vedic system um because of how colorful you can clearly see uh their culture is in comparison to you know especially the west that's but. cool, yeah, that you found that book. That was very lucky. And I feel like that's kind of how the Bhagavad Gita works. Or, you know, I'd say any spiritual text of note will make you feel, like, better and more interested in learning and making yourself uh, become who you want to be. And I think also be to embrace the different uh, forks in the road that the path may take as well because I think that's where a lot of people have trouble. They feel like that they have to be, once they've made a choice to do something, they have to stick with it even though it makes them feel bad. Yeah, that's something, a lesson in my life has been never losing sight of choices you may have as far as you know if you got to turn the page to the next chapter what's gonna and you want to what's stopping you from doing it right um so i've always i've shifted gears in many different ways in my life and ultimately i think having a very strong faith and in, in trying to to be connected to source you know however that looks to you was life-changing for me um and never just saying taking no for an answer never taking less you know never settling for less in my life too has served me really well um and just never seeing an end in sight either uh, always trying to push always trying to elevate myself always trying to find ways that you know ultimately will elevate others uh, so, yeah, the the and reading the Bhagavad Gita was a huge factor in that for me. Now you've turned the tables now on me. This is supposed <laughs> to be about worked. you. My trick it's supposed worked. to be about you. Um, yeah. Oh, our, our so okay. Story. Let's let's uh, let's let's just wrap it up. How do we get to here? Right? How do we get to Jyotish? I'll keep it really simple. So after all the yoga and everything. Uh, I decided, and now that I think about it, that I'm like, man, that is some timing. You know, t- 2007, uh, I get that career, I get out of it. 2012, I decide I'm going to do yoga teacher training, learn how to teach Kundalini yoga. Um, and because I had access to, I'd say, she is the best when it comes to Kundalini because she 
sat there and took notes and actually turned these into books, which to me, I value what uh, she did. And also the fact that she's a psychologist and she, Who? Uh, Who uh, my about? teacher, my teacher, right. um, I had two teachers, a male and a female. Uh, so my teacher, Tage, she, um, she kind of showed me that with perseverance, you can figure out how to make things happen. So that was kind of like my therapy. And 2012, I do the yoga teacher training with her. I meet some amazing people uh, that kind of help me along the path even more. And my teacher, uh, my other teacher, Guru Dev, he told me about putting it all together with the occult. He said, you know what? You should just study Ayurveda. And I'm like, what's that? And he said, you're already doing it. You just don't know it. I'm like, mic drop. Serious mic drop. Because I'm like, now that I think about it, I'm like, man, it's all that stuff together. You hmm. know? So after, the, after that, I thought, okay, I got to start figuring out where to study Ayurveda. And then I started reading about the paths uh, connected to Ayurveda. And I thought, well, I'm already doing, I already did yoga, so I could check that off. And I'm going to fold that into Ayurveda. So those two will be put together. What's the other part? The other part was Vedic astrology. And I thought, that is so hard. How can I ever learn that? It seems so overwhelming. But when I started studying Ayurveda, it just came so natural to me. And there was already a lot involved with like the gemstones and yoga and then astrology was mentioned, but not very much. I thought, okay, I'm going to put that out there for myself that I'm going to study astrology after I finish Ayurveda. So that's kind of where it ended and ended up here was because I wanted to because you met do a me yeah and i also wanted to do a podcast i thought i want to do a podcast about vedic astrology because there's nothing cool out there there's nothing like i've not heard any vedic astrology podcasts that interest me i've heard i just heard a podcast the other day that was in spanish and it was an all occult podcast where they talked about different planetary hours I'm like this is cool you know it's just some random person that's what's up yeah i mean we definitely need to do a part three where we'll kind of tap into tying in together our you know how we got to this right uh, because it is interesting and i think it makes for a good episode maybe whoa uh so <laughs> yeah that, that i think that might kind of wrap it up because you did your ayurveda Mm -hmm. And um, it was kind of the reverse for me in what little I know. I'm not really. Yeah, because you studied health, well, right? Mm, or you were studying your health. Well, no, I just I was going to say I, I technically got certified in astrology and I'm not certified in Ayurveda, but I, you know, I had started to really. And then I met you and then life took a direction where it didn't seem to be my well, because we're together so you you're that my you're my part of the brain that uses ayurveda so oh you have a uh, live-in ayurvedic chef and um 
practitioner that can dispense lovely herbs to you. Uh, you have a funny dog too that growls at me when I pet him. But <laughs> uh, so <laughs> yeah, the the way it kind of all works is funny, right? And the timing is yeah special. I, yeah, I um, think that would be fun to talk about. The timing is well too when we met was like when i started to get those final like messages that like hey you're meant to do this stuff called astrology and you're meant to help spread the word about it whoa so that was a lot of realizations that started occurring for me around the time and and yeah it was you know what happens when you're um wanting wanting to create or be like produce something it the message or the uh the actual like your imagination can become so strong that it has no other choice but to uh let it out right and that to me is a lot of this and it's a lot of fun because (laughs) you know we're not doing hey here's your weekly horoscope type of video or Uh, episode so it's it's lovely and I've changed in my spiritual direction in the past four years it's changed a lot Um, perhaps at times too realistic and not and almost cynical I would even say as far as having a certain uh, view you know but I am more grounded meaning like at one point I was very much into the meditative space and, you know, Reiki and being some kind of like visionary person. You mean like loopy new age stuff? Sure. Now (laughs) it's more like I see what's there. I see the potential, but the potential needs to be put into play. Right. So that's kind of called growing pains but (laughs) spiritual growing pains (laughs) so well thank you lunar mysticism for helping to keep this series on a roll Uh, i know i'm sure plenty of people are waiting on this part to come out because they're just dying to know who you are (laughs) i'm a great storyteller i don't think any of that stuff was true at all (laughs) who knows but yeah we are gonna put a question in that in here for this one what nakshatra does lunar mysticism uh display in uh the, the different talents that she said she has like sewing or cooking or um playing an instrument being handy oh you just gave it away <laughs> oh no, there's a few nakshatras that can be handy well yeah, yeah. there's one that's known for having hands so no actually i just learned recently that purva bhajrapada is related to carpentry and i totally forgot about that so you're gonna have to dig deep into the nakshatras for this one it's a trick question yeah okay (laughs) whatever (laughs) whatever um om namah shivaya thank you guys for listening and we appreciate 